We thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching from Metro Church. We hope this inspiring message will empower and enrich your life. It is good to be in the house of God. You know, I am excited because today we continue our voyage on the open sea. Today we continue our series, and actually we're going to hopefully conclude our series if we can make our way out of the Bermuda Triangle, if you're getting what I'm saying. And so, uh, you know, as I think about relationships, maybe you're joining us for the very first time and have missed a little bit of this series, let me catch you up quickly. Relationships are much like real ships. Uh, they're, they're boarded with anticipation of a great journey that lies ahead. And I'll tell you, as your fearless leader and captain on this journey, I hope to bring you out of the Bermuda Triangle we found ourselves into. And so, uh, but until then, you must keep your wits about you. You never know what you'll see, what you'll find. But um, we have been talking about all of the parallels that come with relationships and actual ships. Uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, understanding the dangers of the open water and uh, counting the cost before you get into relationships. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We've talked a little bit about uh, beware of pirates and what pirates can do to hijack your life and uh, kind of this moment of people that come into your world and they start to try and take control of the things that you're intended to manage. Hello. Okay, and then we've been in the Bermuda Triangle, which for those of you that weren't with us last week, we talked a little bit about this place known as the Bermuda Triangle. Okay, it's the coordinates that lie between Florida, Puerto Rico, and um, Bermuda. That would be the last one, right? And uh, so whether, I'm not pushing whether you should believe in that or not, but what I do know is it's a real fact that in the 1900s, we had uh, USS Cyclops go missing in there with over 300 men. We had five U.S. bombers go missing in there and a sixth going to look for what happened to the aircraft. So I've talked about this, this thing and using it as a parallel because, the reality is we can get in dangerous situations in relationships too. And uh, as I started to dig into the Bermuda Triangle, aka the other name actually is the Devil's Triangle, which works really well in my series. Uh, <laughs> I didn't make that up. But as we have ventured into understanding all sorts of uh, struggles that can happen in relationships, I wanted to help you understand when you may be entering the Devil's Triangle with your relationship. And so if you were with us last week, I'm doing a quick review to give you the first three points as we dive into part two of the Bermuda Triangle. Are you ready? All right. Number one, beware you've entered the Devil's Triangle when your compass is compromised. Right? We talked a lot about your compass. And, and, and the, the fact is, don't allow the struggles in your world to overcome your ability to direct your life. The God, the God that we serve, the Holy Spirit that is available to us, can lead you, can guide you, can and should teach you. But you get tied into the wrong relationships, and all of a sudden you silence the voice of God because you've turned up the voice of someone else. And so sometimes we don't realize that the compass is compromised because we've made compromises. We want to know why we don't hear God anymore, but we don't find ourselves in the place God is. We don't know why we don't hear the Holy Spirit guiding us, but we've actually seared the senses of being able to hear him because we've turned him down because he was always telling us not to do the thing we were doing. It's been a numbing effect. You know, you burn your fingertips enough, you won't feel it anymore. We do that in relationships and we compromise our compass. Okay, Be number two, beware you've entered the devil's triangle when honesty goes overboard. You can also know that's 
your compass is compromised when you decide not to be honest in relationships. When you're choosing, when you're picking and choosing what to be honest about, beware, you're in the devil's triangle. And as I think about honesty, we've talked a little bit about the fact that people like to refer to things as white lies, but I want you to know God sees either truth or false. God sees either we're honest or we're not. Who came up with the crazy idea that there's such thing as a white lie? The one that gave the white lie and didn't want the other person to feel bad, so they just made it, they minimized it. In our world, we have to be careful about that because anything that's not true is false. And if you want to undermine your relationship and begin to add barnacles to your ship to slow down everything and to undermine the trust, then start throwing honesty overboard, right? Every time you were the other person in the relationship lies, a choice was made to be dishonest. Okay, number three, you may be in the devil's triangle when communication breaks down. We talked a lot about last week about these vessels, these ships, these aircrafts that disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle, accidents and crashes and the rest. But what was it? At some point, these vessels went from clear and clean communication to staticky breakup, abrupt communications, leading to misunderstanding and eventually silence with no ability to get through to each other. In relationships, that may sound familiar. So we've got to be careful. We've got to keep the lines of communication open. And the best way to do that is honesty at all times, which refer to point number two. Okay? But now we're going to continue into this part two. So this is part of the triangle we've never been into. Are you ready? Buckle up. They they don't have buckles on ships. Hold on. (laughs) Number four. Beware you've entered the devil's triangle when you're consumed by fool's gold. When you're consumed by fool's gold. I know a few weeks ago we were talking a tale as old as time and we were talking through Disney and we were bewaring everything shiny. But it does kind of continue on in this concept of relationships. When treasure becomes more important than your crew, there's a problem. What am I saying? Don't lose sight that your greatest gift is relationship with God and each other. Your greatest gift is with God and each other. If we forget this, we lose sight of what finishing well looks like. How many people have ever been in some form of race? Some of you maybe a marathon, some of you to the ice cream bar. You know what I'm saying? All you can eat food and it was dessert time and they had the little pull knobs and you wanted to work on the curly cute. Oh, don't go like you haven't thought of that. But what I, what I will say is when you are doing any form of race, you actually have to consider what it looks like to finish well. You've got to have a plan of what it's like to cross the finish line. And when it comes to having a relationship, finishing well should be something you consider. When it comes to marriage, when it comes to family, finishing well should be the most important thing, not the treasure. Because the treasure is actually the relationship. It's actually making the memories. It's actually building upon something that was built yesterday to make today better. Are you getting this? Fool's gold is a trap that brings harm and piercings. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 6. It says this, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people 
eager for money, have wandered from the faith, and pierced themselves with many griefs. Let's just take a moment to look at verse 10 together. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I'm going to take a little sidebar conversation here because the amount of times I hear people, they talk about how their faith is lacking and how they've, they're just not where they used to be. And the conversation leads into why they stopped going to church and being in God's house. And it came down to, I get paid time and a half on Sundays. But the money is just too good. But now my life is a mess. Well, you're piercing yourself with many issues because you're chasing money, not God's truth for your life. Are you getting this? Back onto the concept of relationships, the griefs these people have pierced themselves with normally start with the relationship's wrecks along their journey. What am I saying? Let me say it this way. Because they have chosen to treasure something other than the relationship, that thing has run them aground. Are you getting this? Because we like shiny things. We like things that make us feel good. We're so blessed to live where we live. You know, I was, I was talking with somebody the other day. It was actually yesterday with our, our business manager in the church, and we were talking about how if you own a home and you own a car, it doesn't matter, working condition. Got a home, got a car, you are in the 1% richest population in the world. That'll change your perspective. What I know is that fool's gold makes fools of many people. An indicator of the love of money is when you treasure it more than relationship. When it doesn't matter who you hurt along the way, you become a pirate that we all must beware. When we have allowed fool's gold to steal quality time with our crew, our spouse, our kids, our closest friends, we've confirmed what has become more important. You know, I'm not saying that every once in a while, hey, work's got you working late and you can't be home for dinner. But when you're never home for dinner, what's become more important? See, oftentimes we get so used to being in routine, we forget our routine could actually be toxic to our relationships. We're thinking we're just doing what has to be done, but all you've done is shown what's more important in your world. This should be a challenging word to us all. Why? Because if we don't have iron sharpening iron, we don't get sharper. When you come to church, you should feel inspired and encouraged to be better, not just leave the way you came. Are you getting this? And so when we have allowed fool's gold to steal quality time with our crew, we've indicated what's become more important. Your treasure is identified by what you give your time, attention, and resources to. And I'm going to use a verse that I did not know James was going to use earlier today, but Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be, will be also. What we give our time, our attention, our resources, the things that we treasure, what we give it to, it indicates what's most important. So finishing our journey together well should be our greatest treasure. Matthew 16, 26. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything more than your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? I continue that thought. What if you gain the whole world and lose your children? 
What if you lose your children's soul? Because actually, instead of teaching them and rearing them in the ways of God, you taught them to chase the fool's golds. And then you wondered later why they left the church, but you were barely in the church to show them what it meant to follow after God. You barely opened the word of God on your own. You know, I, I've always found it important to make sure my kids know I'm in the word of God. Not that I just preach the word of God, but I'm in the word of God. They've grown accustomed to falling asleep at night, hearing me listen to the daily audio Bible. And so I think it's kind of a great angle where I'm letting them fall asleep listening to the Bible because I have it way too loud at night. Keeps my attention. But I really think it's important for us to be rearing the children in the way they're supposed to go, as the scripture says. Raise your children, right? Look what it says in 2 John 1.8. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. As a believer, one of the things we've got to consider and be careful about is the fact that we do well for 30 years, 40 years, and then we fall off and God's just not important enough anymore. And we don't finish well with a full reward. I'll step away from that. So again, when we fail to make the crew in our relationship our treasure, we lose the desire for quality time and begin to underappreciate our greatest assets. Maybe you're in a relationship and you don't know why you can't get quality time with that other person, or maybe it's your spouse just isn't uh, giving you the quality time. Well, then there needs to be a conversation about what the greatest assets in your house are. I'll move on from that too. Proverbs. <laughs> Look at this before we get there. Let me also say this, parents, when you've become so focused on fool's gold and you've given over the raising of your children to the school systems, the video game industry, and Google, beware, you've entered the devil's triangle. You've chosen to chase your own treasure so much you forget that you're responsible for your greatest treasure, and that's raising your children. When you've decided that whatever the school system teaches, you can just trust... The gold's no longer the fool you are. When you have decided that letting YouTube raise them by some other influencer rather than you being the greatest influencer, you've become the fool, not the gold. Can I even say it this way? When you just completely entrust the church to raise your kids' faith because the reality is you don't really have any faith to raise them on, actually step up and be the parent and grow a relationship with God so you can raise them in the house of God together. I can say really hard things as long as I smile. Proverbs 22.6, direct your children onto the right path and when they are older, they will not leave it. If you have been married for 5, 10, 30 years, you will need to remind yourself what is important. It's not just quality time with each other. It's quality time with your children and raising them in the house of the Lord, but also quality time with your spouse. Mm. Don't underappreciate your greatest assets. Number five, you may enter the devil's triangle when the currents of culture cause you to drift. Look, we've entered dangerous waters when we're lulled into believing the world's definition of love and respect are the standard. There's a standard that sets. God sets a standard for living. God's word lets us know how the creator of all things intended all things. Are you getting this, church? And so when the current culture has more authority on board our ship than God's word, it casts God's favor overboard. I'm going to say that again. 
When we wonder why God's not blessing our ship, when we wonder why things just seem to never work out, have we actually chosen the standard of the world which pushes God's favor overboard? Have we allowed the world say on what love is become what we agree upon? Are we living a lie because the world has made you feel like it's actually what's in? This is a hard word, church. When we know, how do I put it this way? Okay, every map has a key. And the key is normally in one of the corners, and it gives you definition of what all of the map actually means. I think it's important for you to get what I'm trying to say is this. When we've allowed the definition of the world to become the key to our map, God's favor can't abide. When we've chosen to accept the definitions of the world, we have changed the key on our map. And it changes what everything means. It changes even the course, okay? And so when we allow the world to tell us love is love, we better be careful. When we allow the world to tell us everything is fluid, when I allow the currents of culture to convince me that my opinion is my truth and that my truth outweighs God, our creator's wisdom, you are in the devil's triangle. Look, this may not be politically correct, but Jesus reminds us of what God's word says, what God expects. When it comes to the hot topic issues, don't look to the world for answers. Look to the one who created the world. So when it comes to topics like gender and sex and marriage, God's word helps us navigate this by understanding the creator's original intent. Jesus, these are red words. Jesus is reaffirming God, our creator's intent, when he said in Matthew 19, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separates. I should just have this long pause here for you to understand. God made it very clear. Stop acting like it's vague. Stop allowing the world to try and blur your senses. Because here's the thing. I don't care if this church clears out because I preach the truth. I'm, I'm called to preach the truth. I don't have to have the most likes on Instagram. I don't have to have an Instagram account. I just need to make sure that you have a chance to make it to heaven instead of hell real fast. God's design, his intent, his definition is all in his word. We can always be kind and we must present the truth with love, but we must present the truth. Telling the truth in love is honestly the most loving thing one can do. So when the world tells us sexual promiscuity is normal and acceptable, when it says that kick the tires on premarital sex, when it says all of these things have just become normal and that God is just out of touch with the 21st century, let's dig into the scripture. I could say a lot of things about your wisdom if that's your stance. But 1 Corinthians 6 says this, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a, a, a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with the price. So glorify God in your body. Next week, we're about to celebrate the fact that we were bought with a price. 
Next week, we're not just going to say God loves us. We're going to say God loved us so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross to save us from our sins. The sin of the world was put on his shoulders as he went to a cross. And guess what? Sin couldn't hold him. He was put in a tomb and he was just for a little while. And all of a sudden he came back so that we could overcome not just the grave one day, but that we could overcome sin with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, it's better that I leave so that the helper can come. When Jesus ascended back to heaven, the people were like, where are you going? He's like, no, believe me, it's better this way. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. And we need the help of the Holy Spirit. So when we allow the world to convince us God has lost his touch, he didn't take into consideration what it's like to live in the 21st century, we've been lulled to sleep by, our current, by the current of our culture. And we've accepted the lies over the truth and have entered the devil's triangle. Again, the devil is the father of lies. It's his native tongue. John 8, says, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. So why would you be surprised that the world we live in, the Bible actually says that the devil is the ruler of this world. That's why he can create such havoc. He's pulled the wool over their eyes, so to speak. He has continued to lie. He's continued to give the thing they want so bad that they give away their standard for living. Why would he bother doing that? Because he hates you because God loves you. So he's going to try and take you down with him so that it hurts God. That's why. So we have to understand it's not that difficult to realize that the culture today is just further production of a lie. So the devil will twist the truth and lull you to sleep at the wheel of your ship. When we begin navigating our relationships by the world's standards rather than God's, the fate of our ship has been set. It will inevitably crash. When culture's currents cause you to drift, it will run your ship aground because of the shallow living you've accepted. Because of the shallow living you have accepted. How many are ready for the next point? I think it's number six. Is that where we're at? Number six. Beware you've entered the devil's triangle when the waves of desire take control. Temptation comes in all different types, doesn't it? Some are 50 shades of gray. Some are 50 shades of greed. But either way, temptation, it has a way of luring us into deep waters. I talk about sin. I, I preached a series many, many years ago called The Undertow. And how the more we play in sin, the stronger the current gets and it pulls us further in. See, we think we were in the shallows, but before we know it, it's above our neck. And you don't know how you got there, but you played with the current of sin. You were lulled into this idea that it wouldn't take control of you, but you kept giving it control, right? And so one of these things, when you're carried away by the waves of desire, you're entering the devil's triangle. Although urges and desires are natural, giving into all of them are not. I'll say it again. Although urges and desires are natural, giving into all of them are not. This day and age, it has become normal for the culture to tell us, if you feel it, do it. Follow your hearts. After all, why would I want to if I shouldn't? Anyone heard of that one? This is literally the dumbest train of thought I have ever heard. 
In fact, it's one of the greatest lies the devil uses against us. If you feel it, do it. That's exactly what we punish our three and four-year-olds for. Oh, you wanted to write on the wall with the crayon? Well, if you feel it, then do it. Yeah, doesn't that feel good? Oh, you want to climb up on the counter and take out the, the baking flour and dump it all over the kitchen? If you feel it, then do it. We've literally dumbed down our thinking by calling it freeing our minds. All we have is regression. We have 40-year-olds acting like they're four again. And we have the culture applauding because they're stupid. The culture is literally telling 40-year-olds it's okay to be like four-year-olds because now you've found a new sense of freeing your mind. You're an idiot. And if you're going to live that way, let your kid do whatever they want without any punishment because that's how stupid you're living. Wow, can he say stupid that many times? I'm just passionate about us living a life that makes sense. Someone's like, oh, I'm not coming back. Again, what four-year-olds say. <laughs> Clearly, we know it to be wrong because we discipline our children for using crayons on the wall. Clearly, we know it to be wrong when they do silly things, but we say they're just three and four. You better discipline them or they'll still be doing it 12, by the way. But we, we understand... It's not right, but then we act as though it is right. This train, is, this train of thought is insane. But if you want a healthy relationship, don't acquiesce or give in to every urge. Don't give in to every feeling. Don't allow your feelings to overtake reason. Don't allow your feelings to overtake reason because again, your feelings are part of the reason your compass becomes compromised. I think we've talked a little bit about how a compass works, how there's a natural magnetic pull and how it, it's always just gently pulling to that, that magnetic pull. Well, here's the problem. Your desires are a stronger magnet. And if you don't control them, they will control you. And they will change and compromise your compass. Are you getting this, church? So look what the Bible says about giving into temptation, James 1. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Look, when we allow the waves of desire to sweep us away, it leads to death. We don't just get overtaken by desire. It brings to focus another reality. When you are controlled by the waves of desire, it is an indicator that you've cut the anchor of discipline. The thing that has kept you safe, the thing that has kept you from running aground, you have now cut away that discipline because you're being controlled by the waves of desire. Disciplines are fail-safes that you once had, creating boundaries for your relationships, protection that you've now cut away from. So considering how life could be in someone else's ship, wandering eyes, lusts, untamed desires will lead to death of your relationship. Focusing on your lack of feeling unappreciated can lead to imagining yourself with someone else. All undermined the relationship. We've got to protect ourselves. First Corinthians, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of an escape 
that you may be able to bear it. Let me clear something up for you. God does not tempt you. It's already in you. When the devil pushes the easy button to ruin your life, that was easy. It's because it was already in you. He knows what is a strong urge and desire in your life. And you've got to spend your life guarding against that thing and having the Holy Spirit help you to be able to make sure that you stay clear of it. But what I know is some people will say, well, apparently this was just too much. No, you missed all the exits that God gave you to save yourself. You just chose that it was just too exciting to leave. Are you getting this? And so don't cut away the anchors that protect your relationship. Don't release the lines of discipline by giving in to the waves of desire. Instead, harness the power of discipline. Harness the help of the Holy Spirit. Like in Galatians 5, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Listen. We have to be careful that we don't give in to the wrong thing. You've got to be aware that there's a constant battle happening within you. Get God's word in you before you're ever tempted. That's the key. Psalm 119 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When's the last time we were in the word so the word was in our hearts? Ephesians 6, a final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Two things that are important there. The devil has strategies against you to take you down. And God said, put on full armor because you're going to war. Stop acting like every day you can just kind of wing it. Let God's word become protection for you, right? James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Some of you just gave in if you had just resisted one more night. If you had just resisted one more time, he could have fleed. But you gave in too early. Let me encourage you. God's going to pick you back up off the mat or the mats. He's going to dust you off. He's going to help you along. But understand, we have the ability through the Holy Spirit to make the right choices. We have the ability to choose life in blessings, not death and cursing. We can all apply God's principles in our lives that will create safe passage on the open sea for our relationships. We need to mind the map. We need to not allow our compass to be compromised, right? Beware the pirates trying to board your ship and know how to identify the signs that you're entering the devil's triangle. If you're going to succeed in this journey together, it will be because you made focus, dedication, patience, and a lot of love a priority. One of the, one of the scriptures I cling to when it comes to relationship, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to this is, is 1 Peter 4, 8 as I close. I'm just gonna give you this last scripture. It says, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. In relationship, oftentimes, we want to keep count on who's messing up more. Choose to just be gracious and give them love and forgiveness. Because there'll be a time where you're wishing the same. Okay, it doesn't mean not to speak truth. It doesn't mean not to present what is true so that there can be health and growth. 
but it's love that allows the relationship, although it's taking battered waves left and right, it allows it to continue to sail. And so we've got to be careful that we don't undermine our own relationships by withholding love. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching from Metro Church.